This is Channel 253 Sports. Hey everybody, this is Steve. I am here with the Flounders B Team Podcast, and I'm here with Dan and Kim. How are you guys doing today? Hi, Hi Steve. All right, on. these guys are longtime friends of ours, and uh, they're here in the S2 Summit Club area enjoying some delicious free IPAs uh, that are included and some food that is not, but it looks also very delicious. What are you eating there, Dan? This is a spicy chicken sandwich. It looks very buffalo esque. It's got a bagel with jalapeno cheesies. Oh my god, that sounds so good. Jalapeno cheesies. Right on. So, why are you here? What, what are you enjoying about this beautiful day? Oh, I just love soccer. I was playing FIFA before we came. I just can't get enough of it. <laughs> right on. Right on. Who are you hoping to see today? Um, Sorry's out, isn't he? Sorry's out. He's not in the lineup. I don't know. I haven't even followed the lineup. Okay. Uh, Jen comes up top. Uh, okay, we got yeah, Sam Jenkins Rogers in the back. Yeah. Rodriguez like LA. Sorry, he's not in the 18. I'm no. standing over by his picture. Everybody likes how they look, right? I mean, right. seriously. I was watching that. Some, I saw some darn show, and somebody said everybody likes looking at themselves in the mirror. Like, okay, all right, that's creepy, but <laughs> I think it was Westworld. Of course yeah, it was. Of course it was. So anyway, well, uh, so you're just here for the match and fellowship one with the, the other weather, and all that. And the weather and and Tacoma, like it's, it's just so right great here. to be to have this team in this community you know uh-huh. we all love Tacoma so much and to be able to come together and you see friends you know we're all so busy and then it's just this time to kind of take yeah. a break and breathe and be in the sun and see friends it's absolutely just really, really fun Sunday afternoon match Sunday afternoon match just feels good it does it, does. it feels really good there's so many kids here today yeah. there's so many just like budding, budding soccer fans and like it's four miles from our house exactly it's so easy to get to it's just fantastic hey Ray Where'd he go? He's right there. Hey, Ray. How you doing, man? Hey, I'm Steve with the Flounders B-Team Podcast. You want to say hey? He's like, as a matter of fact, I do. How are you doing? Yeah, you could be. This is Steve Kettleson with the Flounders B-Team Podcast. I'm here with Ray Sorry. How you doing, man? Good. I'm doing all right, man. Those Ray-Bans look pretty sick. Yeah, I appreciate it. It's beautiful out here. It's my first chance to use them all year so far. Right on, right on. How do you like our chances today? I like it a lot. Yeah? We got a great week. Training prepared very well. Okay, you think we're gonna kind of stay away from some of the disciplinary issues we've been uh, dealing with? Yeah, I mean, the disciplinary infinite red cards and yeah, whatnot. I mean, that's, I'm not on the field, so I think we might stay away from the disciplinary oh. issues. <laughs> my oh my, <laughs> right on. Well, hey, it's really good to see you. It's good to see you, right on. Enjoy the game, absolutely. I'm going. Take see care, Rick. Bye. All right, well, that was super fun. That's really fantastic. Really fantastic. Yeah, Ray was looking at his own picture, and then we got a quick little uh, quick little chat with him. That's good. All right. Well, hey, Kim, Dan, thanks so much for being on real quick. And uh, anything you want to say to your uh, friends and family? Just, you know, get outside today. My God, it's above 70 degrees. So beautiful. I mean, it just, it's that first really, truly warm day. Uh, right. it's, I mean, there's, it's nothing, there's nothing better. Right on. And we love T-Town forever. Tacoma. 253, let's go. Two, five, three. All right. Go S2. Go S2. Saturday's FC2. Born in Tacoma. All right, bye.
In 2004, 30 years after the birth of the Seattle Sounders, a crack podcasting unit was sent to prison by a federal court for a crime they didn't commit. These men and women promptly, well, eventually, escaped from a minimum security luxury prison camp to the Tacoma Underground. Today, still wanted by the Timbers Army for dropping trial in front of Jeltwin, they survive as supporters of fortune. If you need a hot take, if no one else can help, and if you can find them, maybe you can hire the Flounders B-Team. Hey everybody, welcome to the Flounders B-Team podcast. I am Steve Kettleson, Podfish on the Twitter. It is May 14th, 2018, and we are in the 44th Street Studios. Quack, quack. Quack, quack. And who is with me in studio? Why? It is the one, the only. Tim Hamilton. Hey, Tim. How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I'm just ready to get this thing uh, uh, underway. It is 7-19. We're getting a little bit of a late start. We had pizza and some beverages oh, and, and talked a little bit. How's your How's your Mother's Day? Hey, we didn't just, you know, we don't want to talk, talk about that. Okay, that's about fine. About All right. Mine was okay. We had family over. I made some steaks. I marinated them. Uh, put a little dry rub on them, and then I marinated marinated them after that. And that was pretty good. It was hot on the deck. I've been a little immobile, so it was nice to have people over and visiting, a little bit of family, good times. We had, like, one, two, three soccer matches this week that we need to talk about. Uh, We had, uh, for the first team, we had a Toronto match on Wednesday where we covered ourselves in quite a little bit of of glory, and we had a... uh, Portland match away where that did not quite happen and we uh, saw the strengths and weaknesses in two matches of a brand new formation that they've rolled out uh, a 5-4-1 so we're going to talk quite a bit about that Uh, by way of that analysis we're going to get into uh, particular people's value in particular positions uh, from a I I think a fairly objective standpoint as objective as we can be as fans Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the S2 match against Timbers 2 and what that looked looked like. Uh, there's a little bit of a kerfuffle uh, in the stands and we want to address that to the extent that we can. We don't know a whole lot, but as of recording on Monday, remember, yeah, we're recording on Monday. So when the news comes out and, and napalm starts flying around, uh, <sighs> we did not know what was going to happen. No, we got nothing. And then, of course, we'll get into listener questions. Uh, We want to wish a very special happy birthday here on Monday, uh, May 14th, to Dave Clark. The voice of Sounders 2. He is definitely the voice of Sounders 2 Tacoma, and he has been a voice of Seattle soccer for a long time. Also baseball. You will hear us. Yeah. You will hear us, no Sadietis. Um, you will hear Dave. Dave is fantastic. Uh, he's He's been very friendly to us as we got our uh, legs under us for this podcast. Speaking and... of dry rubs, <laughs> you're, you're putting it on pretty thick. <sighs> Baby, we just want you on the show, man. Come on, Dave. You Dave. know you want some of this. Some of this sweet, sweet sauce. Mm. Mm. I got a little, I got a dry rub with a French fried potatoes. Mm-hmm. We're gonna start singing, you know. Maybe we'll break into some song later. Some very white. Oh yeah. I just want to love you, love you, love you. <laughs> I just want to need you, need you, need you. <laughs> and with that, hopefully, we'll be done with this show within the next three hours. So fantastic! <laughs> All, right, All rough, right, rough opening. Okay, so so you heard, you just heard the uh, uh, we were at the S two match um, two weeks ago, about a week and a half ago on Sunday. Did we put that show out? 
we didn't put the show out, but oh. I got a little clip with uh, uh, Ray Sari talking a little bit about his absence and discipline, and he was a really good sport. We just ran into him in the concourse. Are you putting that before this? Yeah. So they've already heard this. They've just heard this. So this was awesome, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. It was right after seeing it was fantastic. You loved it. We were playing Sacramento. <laughs> we were definitely playing Sacramento. And uh Ray Sari was just kind of hanging out. He was looking at his picture. Yeah, he was uh, even looking stadium. at his own picture on the wall. I'm like, <laughs> I wonder if I just sit here long enough, the guys are gonna notice. Hey, you look you look like that guy over there. No, that guy's much taller. Wait, that is you. But then he played on he played uh, on Saturday and he looked pretty good. Yeah, no, I mean he was he's he's a talented kid, man. He was really nice to talk to. Yeah. Uh, All right. With that, that, let's just get right into it. You want to talk Toronto? I do want to talk Toronto. It happened first, so let's do it. Well, okay. Well, yeah. So what happened so, in Toronto? We rolled you, out a new formation. Yeah, we, we rolled five. Was it five four one? Yeah. Give me the lineups. We did not send any of our uh, our, our our deepest. It, going into the game uh, and kind of seeing what the lineup looked like, it looked like we were just playing for a draw. What did it look like, Tim? No, we we had the five for one. We didn't have Dempsey. We didn't have uh, uh, Ladero. We didn't have Ozzy. We didn't have Torres. Mm-hmm. It's probably quicker just to name the guys we did have available. The but... injury list is oh my god, it's painful. So back to Toronto. Uh, yes, sir. Our lineup is a five-four-one. We have Fry and Goal naturally. Uh, we got Francis, Alfaro, Marshall, Svensson, mm-hmm. and McCrary. Uh-huh. Uh huh. That's our back five. Our midfield is Buana, Dellum, Roldan, and Wolf. And up top, we got Bruin. Oh. Uh, so we're wolf. facing the Wolf and the Bear. We're facing uh, Toronto, a depleted Toronto without Josie. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're they're doing a four-one-four-one. And uh, well, how depleted are they without Josie? Well, they're missing. I mean, they're missing. Bradley's a center back right mm-hmm. now. So their back line is Morgan, Bradley, Vander Wheel. Okay. And Arrow. They got Delgado in the middle. And then uh, they're, they're, I guess he's a defensive midfielder. I don't know. Then they, they have the attacking mid band of uh, Osorio, Vasquez, uh, Alcatel. A K E T X E. I'm going to. And Chapman. Sure, catchy. That sounds good. And then Javinko up top. Okay. So uh, this is a different formation than we've seen in MLS Cup, and we put out a different formation than we had in MLS Cup. Uh, what, I'm sorry. What was the nu- numerology on that formation? Four one four one. Four one four one. Okay. Well, I think we learned that we're 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 not, we're depleted for sure. So yeah. we're gonna instead of the possession based soccer that we like to that we like to roll out and to like to play. Um, we just figured bunker encounter. Okay, and, and you said that first one in the four one four one is kind of a sweeper. Well, yeah, he's right in front of the back yeah. four. Okay, Delgado. So I don't know if he's. I have no idea what. I don't know the the number system. Kind of only for me only yeah, works exactly. in four four two. Yeah, but um. So yeah, it's a four one four one. You start spreading it out. It just it's a blob. It looks like Chinese checkers. Yeah. I mean, there's just dots everywhere and random. You know, it looks pretty and it's symmetrical, but. I mean, honestly, from the MLS app, does that not look like Chinese checkers? It does a little bit. With the four marbles one, four and the one. Yeah, the I mean, port. that that it's, weird it's kind of, I, I imagine years. it allows for some flexibility in midfield, and then you just really have that one central midfield. Yeah, eliminate the midfield and kick it up to the... Yeah, exactly. And so that, I imagine, is trying to unclog the midfield in some meaningful way. How did that work out for Toronto? Not so good. They, they yeah. They had a, they had a few chances. They scored in the uh, you know the the stoppage time, right? 
Uh, Bruins scored in the 26th, and they scored in the 40th. I want to say. Sure, I'm, I'm from bottom to bottom to top. Uh-huh. Uh huh. 24 minutes in, bunker encounter. I think uh, if you watch the game. You probably remember Jovinko goes down really, really easily, uh-huh. and then Roldan, you know, outside of or inside of his right foot, just clears it up to uh, Wolfie. Uh huh. Wolfie takes, you know, a uh, uh, center back. Bradley is 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 hauling ass after him. Mm-hmm. He, he kind of forgets that he's a center back because you don't get to uh, you don't get to make those runs and stabs as a center back because you're the last guy back. Right. But he still thinks that he's a defensive mid. He comes running at him. Uh, Wolf Ikram just. First touch on the ball, just pokes it past him mm-hmm. and kind of olays him. He goes running by like he's a you know a bull. Uh, next touch, second touch. Uh, who, who's the guy that I said it was? Uh, Osorio. Was it Osorio or is or, it Delgado? Might have been Delgado. Mar- Marky Delgado, I think. Um, his second touch splits the legs of of um, Delgado, and so now he's he's pretty much going to goal there's a center back uh vanderweel mm-hmm. and bruin bruin's first steps are away mm-hmm. he's, he's taking his defender away only his defender doesn't really go right away mm-hmm. his defender turns and uh wolf Ikram, his third touch is is a just pinpoint perfect pass to uh to bruin mm-hmm. and bruin t- uh it was close enough to vanderweel that vanderweel gambled and and it was either i'm gonna i'm gonna defend the man or i'm gonna go after the interception he his first step was after the interception failed miserably and then he's chasing and and there's your ball bruin game. runs runs yep. the goal good first touch keeps the ball close to him with the second touch and then uh left left foot near post um kids if you're in a breakaway your first touch can be heavy. That's fine. But the closer you get to the keeper, you want that ball closer to your feet because the keeper, you're going to freeze the keeper. If you take a really heavy touch, he's just going to come out and pick your pocket. Mm-hmm. But if you keep it close, he has to stand still and and then you can put it wherever you want. Mm-hmm. And you're going to talk a little bit about Hendwala Buana uh, with a couple of attempts. Oh, yeah, yeah. Later in the first I mean, half, too, right? So that that was, well, that was 24 minutes uh-huh. in. And there's more to go here. And, yeah. And then they score on us. On some sort of janky kind of offside. Well, okay. Before that, mm-hmm. Javinko gets a, a free kick that that pretty cleanly beats everybody, hits the post, and and I don't think Fry would have. I love Fry. I don't think he would have got there. I think it was no, no, no. There's no way. It was just very well placed. Yeah. And if it had been two inches to the left, it would have dinked in. It, it goes off the the off the post and then right to loud enough for the cameraman to hear it i don't know who number 14 is but he had a rough day because that ended right in his feet and he put it over the bar so, <laughs> poor guy um and then uh so they, that was lucky for fry lucky for fry javinko missed the shot and then while well, they get their goal basically there was a i don't know if it was just a run of play mm-hmm. uh there's a ball floated over the wall i say javinko's offsides javinko uh, and he's offsides. He floats it back post, and that's where somebody else is waiting to tap it in. Uh, is it Osorio? It was Osorio. Yeah. So Osorio just kind of taps it in because it's the ball's Osorio dead. Osorio taps the... it in, yep. in, in in what the thirty eighth minute we said. So then mm-hmm. we go into halftime, tied at one. Nobody's really that unhappy because we were everybody at home. We're expecting to just get smoked. Yep. And we didn't know Toronto was this bad. And we were going to be okay walking away with a draw in this match. Yeah. But they but wait, rolled out a new formation. There's more. So, yeah, we, we divide and conquer and uh, uh, bunker encounter, and that worked out the first half. 
Uh, the second half is 25 seconds in. Uh, Buana. Uh-huh. Handwala Buana want to play that game tonight. Yeah. <laughs> takes, takes the ball. Uh, in, instead of going far post, he goes near post, hits a side net, and bummer. If, if So talk about that Kids at bit. home, if you, if you could... You're going to do one of two things, typically. You're going to come right down the middle, and then you can have to the left or the right of the goal to shoot at, whatever. Or if you pick one side or the other, you're going to – if you go like on this, what, what Buana did, Buana's going, you know – He's approaching near post. He's approaching near post, and the keeper – the, the keeper has to respect the near post because mm-hmm. that's that's a, the closest uh, angle to shoot. But if you shoot low and far post, any number of things can happen. You can score – if you if if you miss, maybe Dempsey's there to to get a backdoor yep. tap in or whoever's around. And then best case scenario is keeper makes a save but doesn't hold on, spills it out. Somebody picks up the trash, puts it in. The keeper's already on the ground making making turf angels, mm-hmm. and you can just pop it in. So yep. you do get you know if if you shoot hard and high near post, then you could have some uh, you could have some success because it's coming right at the guy's face. And I don't care who you are, you're gonna flinch a little. And you know maybe that's enough to 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 score, but so we weren't lucky there. A uh, couple seconds into the the second half, uh, Buana puts it into the side net, and then uh, towards what? What you got? Oh, so yeah, <laughs> I got nothing. <laughs> kids, at, kids at home, shoot far post, shoot low, far post, shoot high near post. Yeah, there you go. Because if you're, you, the point is to get, um, you get the ball in the box. As much as possible, because if you get the ball in the box with any regular frequency, good things are going to happen. Buana does get a a a pass. Uh, they splits defenders. He makes a run around the defender, and then he goes to goal. There's question as to whether he was onside or offside. He's on. I'll take it. Whatever it is, I'll take it. Yeah. You know. And if if coach wants to wants to cry and bring his phone to the to the press conference and say he was offside, well, Josie was offside. They didn't even look. At the VAR, Mm-mm. they were popping smoke and flares and having a good old time. Nate and I were even with Josie, and Josie was not even with the back line. <laughs> this is in uh, Toronto in December, right? Toronto and De- MLS Cup. Yeah. Um, so the difference between the two goals and is is the huge ser- difference. The service that they got. Uh, let me finish. The Wolf Pass. Wolf Pass was an angled pass to a straight run, and the Buana was a what did i say a straight pass to an angled run yes yes exactly exactly yep. angle pass straight run straight pass angle run um with with Bre- uh with, sh- i'm getting on my names with bruins goal <laughs> he took the defender away Breck Shea doesn't play for us <laughs> <laughs> and and created room and with uh the other way around with with buana's run he was on the outside of the defender the defender mm-hmm. had had the near post covered but that pass came inside, and he went around the outside. He timed it. He timed it well. Scored a goal, and we need more movement off the ball because mm-hmm. if you're lurking over the over the defender's shoulder, not only has to find the ball, but he has to find you because, in all likelihood, you're the person that we're looking to pass to. Mm-hmm. So, so Buan is young. Buan is young. And he's good. He's he's come up. He's he's, he's getting more comfortable. I mean, yeah. he's he's trying more stuff. I mean, first time we saw him was was Chivas USA. Things were looking great, and then we saw him again in Dallas or something, and it just did not look like uh, maybe it's a sophomore slump in two games in. Yeah, I don't know, but it didn't look as 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 illustrious uh, <laughs> as he did the first time. Um, so okay, all okay. that being said, 
you know, we went to one. We'll take it. We weren't expecting three points, but we'll, you know, we'll take it. All right. So there are some pretty strong contrasts between this match where we rolled out a four five four one and the Portland match where we rolled out a five four one. But uh, let's break down the Portland match just a little bit, Tim. <laughs> MLS app. This is... one's harder for both of us because I think we were both very emotional when we were watching it. Um, well, I was watching. We, it we felt a... we were going to do a little bit better. I was watching it in a car. I was driving to Monroe, and uh, he was passenging to to Monroe. Man, I don't now. This thank you, Apple wants me to update. Oh, I'm, that's convenient. I'm a ghost. That one. <laughs> so uh, we're still trying to. You know, bunker encounter, but we didn't do enough bunkering or countering. What goal action did we have? It seemed like we had a lot of action in front of the mouth of the goal in the first half. And it kind of died in the second half as things were getting a little hotter, a little more difficult to, to move forward We're with. still doing a 5-4-1. Uh-huh. Uh, Tolo, uh, Tolo Svensson, Marshall, Kihi, and Leardom <sighs> are back five. Rolled on. Rolled on, so Alex is on the outside. Rolled on, Christian is on the inside. <laughs> Jordy Dellum and Wolf Ikram on the outside, from left to right, and then Dempsey up top. Um, yeah, I thought we were going to be able to. I mean, we're still not full strength, so you, we're not. We're, we're like I said in the beginning of the show, we're a possession team, and it takes us so long to create a goal. It's it's fun to watch when it's working. But is is frustrating as all hell when when all we can do is just pass it around and we can't get anywhere into anywhere into the box. We saw that in in Columbus. They just parked every all ten of their guys in the eighteen and mm-hmm. we couldn't break them down. Mm-hmm. Everyone was just serving balls and hoping like, well, maybe he'll just hit it in himself. But uh, <laughs> uh, Tolo, Tolo Which had a, great- is a risk. I mean, when you're when you're when you've got that many people in that tight of a space, something stupid's going to happen. Ideally, sure. the five four one. You, your your Tolo and Leardom on the outsides, they're the first guys. As yep. soon as we gain possession, gone. You have got to get through the first line of defense, and and because they're so wide, and, they have to pull guys out of position to defend them. And let's talk about Nuhu for a minute, though. I mean, Nuhu's coming. He he's is, coming around. Oof. Last week we talked about getting some seasoning. Well, yep. Dry rub, it is. Dry rub. <laughs> he's, he sees if he could just find a way to, you know, I, I don't know. He had know. a couple of salt. I mean, he had a, he had kind of a screamer that just he, got deflected, but it was on frame. He had a good shross to the far post that didn't get finished. <laughs> he also had a shot that was pretty much right at Antonella, their goalie, mm-hmm. but uh, he. He got down enough to to smother it. Yeah, he gets um, down, man. Knew who gets down. He's he's that's another one. If knew who could shoot far post instead of right at the keeper, then it might have been something like mm-hmm. we were talking about earlier. Oh, with, absolutely. With the other fella, damn it, Handwalabana. <laughs> um, Leardon was good. Uh, uh-huh. He didn't he didn't really shine. I didn't <clears throat> barely even knew he was there. You know who else I didn't know was there? One, Clinton Jefferson Revenue. I was. So he, there's a couple of schools of thought about this, and I, I think we all know kind of what happened. I, Spoiler alert. He stayed on the field all 90 minutes. All, yeah, who knew? all 100 minutes. All 100 minutes. Jesus fucking Christ, this game. So um, uh, there's a couple of schools of thought on this, and I'm, I'm, I'm evolving in my perspective. If, uh, if we're going to have Clint Dempsey 
as like a, a true number nine center forward target guy that is going to always kind of be lurking in that general area and not doing a whole lot of movement back and a lot of exhaustion and a lot of kind of running and trying to join in the defense. Uh, there's some good analysis by shit. What's his name? Charlie Davies. It was a Davies. So he had a Davies tweet. had a, a, an MLS.com piece uh, that talked about the formations not doing any favors for Clint Dempsey right now because we can't service him. We can't cert. We can't provide him uh, the service that he needs to be successful in that role. And he's also not suited for it because he wants to try to, when he gets bored, if he's not getting ball action, he is going to try to involve himself further back in the field. Yeah. And we were talking about this on the channel throughout the week, right? Yeah. Where he is, if you kind of play back the game, in fast forward, you're going to see opportunities where Clint Dempsey is right where he's supposed to be and the ball gets delivered 20 degrees the wrong way or over his head mm -hmm. or just completely misses the play or the other side where there's a perfectly delivered cross or a little oopsie ball or a back heel or something coming from a player to a place where Dempsey's supposed to be and to my mind, I think that indicates new team, new pairing, immature communication issues a lot more than it than it implicates Dempsey being a, a, a lazy player, not trying hard enough or all that kind of shit that we that we that we kind of throw out there when a player's not delivering goals that we expect to be delivering goals. I was talking with with uh, Ari Lillenwall, Lillenhall, Lillenwall. Easy for you to say. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I was talking to Ari, really like his work for MLS. Um, he delivered the last thing that that Dempsey really delivered was that assist to Jordy Dellum uh, in the Loons game, right? Uh, Minnesota United. And yes, it and that was an example of the kind of stuff we want to see from that number nine, seeing those outlets and being able to distribute when he's supposed to and be the target when he's supposed to. Right. And that was a pretty good. I mean, that was a pretty routine play. There wasn't a whole lot going on there. He could have very easily taken the shot and he dumped it off to, to Dilem, right? Why not? Why not do that? Why not give that kid that opportunity? But he he's a good player. He's talented. He's brilliant. He's sharp. He's focused most of the time when he's getting what he needs from the team. And yeah. if that doesn't if that isn't resolved, he's not going to be successful in that role. Now, if we contrast that to how Bruin performed in the Toronto game, Bruin offers a hell of a lot more flexibility from uh, from that kind of floating perspective, right? Well, Bruin, yeah, Bruin doesn't come very deep. I mean, he's never on the wrong side of the 50. He's usually up as far as he is is up a lot further. Um what the problem I think with he's ten years younger, right? Yeah, with with Dempsey, Dempsey needs somebody to do the heavy lifting. Dempsey needs somebody. You know, we need to bring the ball. If if we want to keep Dempsey up high, we need to we need to bring the ball <clears throat> like Jovan Jones used to do, scream it down the side, and then everyone's looking at him and freaking out and getting out of position. And then last person into the box is Dempsey, and Dempsey's there for the tap in mm -hmm. uh, from from the penalty spot. Um, but we don't have. We're we're getting there with Newhu, but. 
it's just the the passes the final pass is not not quite ready and Dempsey Dempsey's not doing his job as far as staying staying deep. You can be in an offside position all day long. Mm-hmm. You only have to be onside when, when you're getting the pass. When you're getting the pass. <laughs> but no, if if you think about it, if if Dempsey stays over you know stays over the shoulder of the center backs, they're gonna keep track of him. Uh huh. And as the ball gets closer and closer, and that's divided attention. That's that's why that's yep. how Josie got us. Yep. Josie made Josie spent most of his time in MLS Cup offside, mm-hmm. and then and would do these bending runs, and then all they had he's already facing goal, and he's got a good step and a half of momentum, and he's that's how they get that separation. But okay, let's be honest, Dempsey's not going to lose anybody with the speed. But that was illustrated in the Portland game as well. I mean, when somebody gives him a ridiculous pass into triple coverage. But he's usually pretty good at holding the ball. <laughs> yeah. He's usually pretty good at holding the ball in traffic. <laughs> and if that is what it takes to get somebody else another 10 yards down the field, then he can spring He can spring that pass. But mm-hmm. the only person he really seems to link up well with is uh, Ikram back in preseason. I keep going back there. This is the last time things were fun to watch. But, uh, yeah, I, I think... I'm not going to keep harping on Dempsey. I, I think he would do better in that role to stay higher and to just keep badgering. The, he's not going to win the physical battle because then he's going to start nut punching people. But just hang out between the center backs, around the center backs. And if, if Nuhu's coming up the left-hand side, go away. Go over mm-hmm. the right. Go go to the right corner and draw your defender out there or at least get him to the point where he's trying to mark space and has to turn and look for you. Yep. And every time he has to turn to look, maybe knew who gets another touch on the ball and is further down the field. Yeah. I think the only point I want to make here is that um, the Sounders have a plan. I think uh, the, the, the club itself has been trying to bring that point home to us. And I think that these two matches are, at the very least, an attempt to diagnose what this team needs um, and try to really figure out who is strong in those roles and where the connecting is or is not happening uh, through the midfield. Back to the Portland match. Mm-hmm. I And I do – one of the big things that we got out of these last couple of games well, is yeah. that we can mix up the formation and not just roll out the same 4-2-3-1 mm-hmm. and expect something, you know, something better to happen. Right. We actually – we had a plan versus Toronto, and it worked. Now, we had a plan versus – Portland and it worked until about the last ten minutes when yeah. when Kihi Kihi got an owie and then we got it made us yeah that was a really kind of three people went up uh try to in in a I guess a three person duel uh to try to win a ball right in front of the mouth of Adi and Kihi uh, Adi and Kihi smack yeah noggins. smack noggins and Kihi looked like he just cracked his the side of his skull right at the knot of of Adi's the back of his yeah. head and he came down bleeding like yeah. he came down bleeding so he he probably had a little scalp tear or something like that yeah. and um so that added a number of minutes of stoppage time well, and then there's two stops for the uh hydration yeah and there are a couple of hydration breaks breaks and stuff like that so that thing <laughs> looked like it went into overtime but it didn't yeah um but we had a hundred a couple of hundred minute ma- anyway when kihi left we made a couple of kind of out of position substitutions in lieu of Alfaro, that's, who was in the 18. That's the, the hard part. I mean, the hard part about the whole thing is, is what are you doing with Alfaro? Um, it, he is now in the friend zone. He is now 
Well, I really want a nice guy. I can't find a good guy. And Alfaro was like, um, right here. Uh, can I hold your purse? You're in the friend zone. You're never going to get any action. Just uh, and so to be fair, let me. I, I think they did think about that put a minute too. Alfaro in. Yeah, yeah. Alfaro is very, very quick to go to ground. And as an outside back, that's not as bad. But as a center back, mm-hmm. you go you, there. We already saw the two Argentinian players love to go down to the ground and 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 just flop. And then who is the new kid that that striker that just embellished the crap out of it and should have got booked for trying to draw a penalty when there was none? Mm-hmm. Uh, basically, just dove into the box. Um, the new guy, I don't, I don't know. I think he was maybe a Norwegian league player or something. No, new, new guy for. For for Portland for Portland yeah, there yeah. Was, it was Norwegian I don't remember the dude's second name second half just dropped and and like uh, that you should have been booked but we I think Alfaro wasn't going to be used in that position because of Portland's tendency to 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 make turf angels and spend all that time on the ground another thought and but what <sighs> the thing that drives me fucking crazy is at least Alfaro knows that position who did we sub in for Kihi and then who was the sub the the second sub right after that. And we're just trying to figure out why, right? There's a reason for these decisions. And and I want to say that it's diagnostic and we're trying to figure pieces out. But that late in the match, somebody on Twitter said, and I apologize for not Wingo, quoting Henry it. Wingo, McCrary, and Buwana all came in. So McCrary they pull, goes they pulled, in. At, they pulled Nuhu. They pulled Nuhu. They put McCrary in at left back. And then they put um, Wingo in for... I think Wolf. Wolf. And then they put, uh, who was the third? Kihi out, and then uh, Dellum dropped okay. to center back. Uh-huh. That's probably it. That but, is it. Well, okay. I mean, looking now that we're talking about why didn't Alfaro go in? Well, Alfaro basically plays a left a left center back in a four two three one. He's usually right and because Kihi he has was a left the right foot. center back. Right, Kihi was a right center back. Now everybody could switch. You could push Svensson over the other side, but then you're kind of no matter what you do. We're, we're going to tinker with the chemistry. We're going to tinker with mm-hmm. the flow. But if you pull Tolo and then put McCrary in, then not much has changed. Okay. Super You're still looking to get downfield with that same player. Super basic question. Why is it important that a left center back be left-footed? Is it because that it's going to it's gonna curl out instead of in? When uh, you they play the ball down it? the line. Okay. Yeah, you play the ball down the line better. Um, it's, I mean, it's... It's better to have a left footer if you can. I mean, uh, most of these players are professionals and can use both feet, save Jordan Morris. But uh, sorry, that was a dig. And I, sh- I promised, I promised I wasn't going to dig. Jordan Morris Jordan's was awesome. wonderful. He signed a onesie for my for my buddy's daughter, so that was oh. awesome. Um, so I promised to be nice to the boy. But I think they pulled. I don't know what's wrong with Tolo. I don't know if he if he if if knew who was having a rough time or or he's he always has these weird phantom injuries and I don't know if it's just because he wants to uh, take some time off the clock and he thinks he's doing us a favor. I don't know. I, I don't have contact with the 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 physios and I don't know if Nico uh, Moreno well, has any update on. Injuries I, I don't yet. know either. We'll check that out when we uh, when we we'll see if he's got anything on the twitters. But so. I think the heat definitely has to has to play a factor, right? It was 89 at game time, atmospherically, but at the surface of the field, I thought I I saw there was like 103 degrees because that of turf the sun. Yeah. is fucking hot. 
that turf is hot. It's hot at CenturyLink. It's hot at Portland. And and that that stadium gets a shitload of sun. Yeah, the black rubber uh, absorbs heat. Mm-hmm. And yep. just so looking back at why we didn't. I mean, that was kind of the the, the talk immediately after the game is why didn't we use Alfaro? Right. I think because Svensson was still active and available. Mm-hmm. I don't think you want. I mean, that late in the game, I don't think you want to mix things up so much that I'm now responsible for yeah. other people and and marking a different position because I spent the last 80 minutes getting into a groove in this one spot marking yeah. you know marking the one or two guys that come down on that side and now it, at, but that level of heat and that level of fatigue no, your brain's your brain's, right, your, brain, your brain's fried and right. you're making shitty decisions no matter what so do you want to make shitty position city deci- shitty decisions out of position or do you want to make shitty positions in your position i'm speaking specifically to 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 jordy delem yeah i i think like, well why is he in delem's that... already sitting on a yellow card too right so, i mean i don't know what did we have options we Wait. had nagel on the bench we had mm-hmm. meredith ship which welcome back ship yeah hey harry McCreary, what's up baby uh wingo mccrary alfaro and buona and, and it we, we don't have on. a wealth of options. We just no. don't. We put one on to to try to tear things up and, and mm-hmm. run up and down sidelines and then um Yeah, there you go. I think we, we moved a lot of people around. So Buana was tired. You know he was tired. Well, he came in late. I mean But he's still tired from the Wednesday game. Oh yeah, that too. Yeah. Unfortunately, uh yeah. our guys kinda lost their man. I think Roldan kind of got dispossessed a little bit, and the ball rolls towards our 18. And mm-hmm. uh, the Divey McDiverson actually got a ball. Um, he played it through to to Blanco, and Blanco finished over the you know just chipped the keeper because Fry had already gone down and, and took up as much space as he could. Okay. And if you watch that thing in slow motion, you want to know what what luck and and how thin margins are in soccer. Watch any of these things in slow motion and see how close people really were to to making a defensive play. Get the fingertip or, on. Yeah. Right. It's Fry barely misses it, but in in you know in the run of play in regular speed, it just looks like yeah, no big deal. The chip. Uh, then, that, we're, <sighs> then we're then we're down, and they took another hydration you, that break. That chip. And, I mean, that was a great touch that's a good player that was do. a great a good play do. and i can't be mad at portland for that play i no. can't you know we we're playing for a draw we we're definitely playing for a draw and when you play for a draw you're begging for goals like that you sometimes lose and we got really lucky throughout the match not to have a couple of red cards what yeah. do you think about that uh there's some pretty Jordy s- Dullum got a yellow card for going in really hard like, studs he, up he split he split valeri's legs and then took him down in the process mm-hmm. And then uh, uh, Liam Ridgewell decided he was going to reciprocate, and he dropped. I don't know who he dropped. If it was Ikram or, or I don't think he took down Dellum. I think Dellum's too far away. But it's one of those things. Like in baseball, you plunk my batter, I'm gonna plunk your batter, yep. and then no, all's fair. That's games gamesmanship. Everybody gets a yellow, and everybody goes home. And they were saying on the broadcast how important it was that the um that that the ref show consistency in these in these situations yeah. and even when there was a v a oh, yeah. r yeah. he he maintained his yellow even though it was a very strong challenge yeah he went to the var and then kind of said no 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 it's i already booked you're reading body language and he's he's basically just mouthing it like you know but i already carded him everything's cool yep nothing to see here we're good we're good you can stay on the field. And then I think the other notable potential yellow card that wasn't a yellow card was the dive, dive, dive. Yeah, that was crap. So simulation, 
uh, there was contact somewhere, and mm-hmm. then he just basically had a heavy touch, lost the ball, and mm-hmm. decided to throw himself at somebody's feet. Yep. In F the that of, guy. In the run of play, it looked like he tripped over his own shoelaces, but yeah. on the 87 replays that ensued, because uh, Twel- Twelman would not fucking let it go. Uh <laughs> you could see that yeah there's a pretty deliberate motion to kind of throw himself off the uh uh, throw himself off his feet uh lifted his his leg in a a pretty defensive i don't know anyway doesn't matter too much because it didn't affect the outcome of the game at all except to extend play just a little bit longer so that our hundredth match against the portland timbers lasted almost 100 minutes uh and uh resulted in um not a win but a win for portland but our overall record lifetime is 50 14 and 36 against portland in mls 15 14 50 oh 50 50 50 wins that sounds better Yeah, Yeah. yeah that sounds better 14 losses 36 Draws. Draws. Another way around. 14 draws, 36 losses. That sounds about right. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we'll take a little bit of a break. I think we beat the 5-4-1 situation to death, so we will uh, go right into, after the break, we'll do S2-T2, uh, talk a little bit about uh, discipline and how that team's doing. Uh, that was, of course, uh, well, we won't spoil it for you if you haven't seen the match on ESPN Plus with your application that doesn't work. Um, and uh, we'll talk about the fork off incident and uh, talk about future fixtures and what this team might be looking like the rest of the year. So, uh, and then we'll do listener questions and we will bust out of the rest of this show. And once again, thank you for listening to the Flounders B Team podcast. We will be right back. Everybody, welcome back to the Flounders B Team podcast. I'm Steve Kettleson. I'm here with the ghost of Clint Dempsey, the saving hands of Stephen Fry, and as always, Tim Hamilton. Hi, Tim. Hi, Tim. What are you drinking, Tim? Oy, oy, oy. Uh, Espalon. Espalon. Anejo tequila. Uh, Why don't you throw that bottle over here, buddy? H.O. in Mexico. H.O. in Mexico. Do you want me to read the bottle? Or you well, read, read the, the bottle, bottle and then send it over here, and I'll take a, a slug of that bad boy. All right. Uh, handcrafted in Los Altos, <clears throat> the Highlands region of Jalisco, Espelon reveals the essence of Mexico. At its Does it say how? <laughs> no, I just, just leave that. It just leaves that there. I can't say anything else because I'll, I'll just go to like the meme, and it'll be unfortunate. <laughs> Just like Dosa Zero goes down easy. Just like Dosa Zero? Yeah. No, no, I didn't oh, was that what this no, I didn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> just, just like the UN's men's El national terrible. team does not qualify. <laughs> it at its core yes, is sir. the spirit of the iconic rooster. Uh, a symbol synonymous with Mexico's proud history. Stop laughing. I'm actually reading the label this time. I know it sounds like I'm making it up, but no. 
Our tequila is a tribute to the Mexican artist who inspired the uh, the world with their true portrayals of the rich, storied culture of Mexico. Crafted over a year-long process, our Anejo is aged in white oak before being finished in bourbon barrels. This gives the tequila its rich color and distinct spirit flavor. Uh, So Espelon is in a uh, short, kind of chubby bottle. And it's got a bunch of uh, skeletons chilling out. I'm just yeah, passing the bottle. And it's um, it's actually, uh, and we d- we don't, I don't, I don't work for Espanol or for certainly not for Marvel Studios, but um, apparently Deadpool sponsors this. Oh, uh, we, it's the other way around. They are a sponsor of Deadpool. Okay, either way, I mean, they did a commercial together, and apparently, yeah, it's good for the bathtub. I I don't know what that's referencing. Uh, maybe it's an antiseptic. <laughs> <laughs> No, we, we, I, I picked this one out because I, I loved the, we've all, anybody that's ever had the Hornitos Black Barrel uh, loves it because it's it's super oaky and, and, and whiskey-y because it's finished in whiskey barrels. So this one is a Nejo that's also finished in whiskey barrels. To be honest, it, it does not have the same taste to it. It seems a little, uh, it just, my opinion, comes up short. I'll just put it that way. What are your thoughts? So I've got tequila in my mustache from the other whoo, from the other glass I just pounded. I don't have a drinking problem, I promise. <clears throat> so I'm going to pour a little splash of this. And I've tried this with ice earlier. And I'm going to try it without ice now. I'm just going to kind of shoot it like I would a tequila shot. There you go. And we're going to see what happens. Remember that t- Taster's Choice commercial? <laughs> we, we, we switched everybody's coffee in this restaurant with Taster's Choice. Will they notice? Let's they- find out. We switched their apple juice with tequila. It's got a nice fruity nose, actually. It's uh, it's smoky, but it also has kind of like a, a, a caramel apple finish to the smell. <clears throat> so here we go. As a light sip, it has a very sweet, smooth, caramely finish mixed with water. Or ice, it doesn't have, it doesn't sustain that body. So it just tastes like a weak tequila. So you might want to try this one straight or with a rock or a splash. Now I'm just going to pound it. Okay. Are you ready? Okay. One, two, three. (laughs) That's Tim. I'm just joking. Is it better as a shot or? Yeah. I've had worse tequila shots. There you go. It doesn't shoot like Sparkle Donkey. Ringing endorsement. Goo. I've had worse. Whew. Oh, that burn's going down. Like I said, uh, Espelon, Anejo, Oof. finished in, in whiskey barrels. I Oof. think it comes up a little short, but uh, yep. waste not one. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm going to argue that you are correct. Here's it's, a- not a, it's not overproof, so it doesn't really have any business uh, for a premium tequila having that kind of um, uh, mouthfeel going down. Seriously, that's a word, isn't it? Mouthfeel. No, it is. Yeah. It is. It is. It's like it's lingering. It's got a very, it's got a very dirty vodka finish. Hmm. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. yeah. So spirity. Yeah, it's well, very. Anyway, waste not, want not. Hmm. All right. So, what else are we drinking? There's another tequila here, a reposado. Uh, I like a good reposado. Olameca, and this one's actually the Olmecas. Altos. Yep. 
And this comes in a square bottle mm-hmm. uh, with a little label down at the bottom. It's got Altos and, Bo- and b- 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 whatever, Bumpy on the well, top. Well, it's got a 96 on it. Is that a 96 rating? Yeah, this, or is that this, an sometimes these fall off, though. But 96, it got 96 points, but it didn't say in what type of, you know, maybe it's a high score in, in well, Pac-Man the, or the something. Maga- the Magave uh, was rated by the Magave Tasting Institute. Oh, here we go. Yeah, Magave, basically, Magave rated themselves. But that wasn't a bad tequila, though. Uh, double gold medal, 2016 San Francisco uh, World Spirits Competition. See? There you go. And this <sighs> is a solid beverage. I, I'd like another little splash of that if I can get it. Man. I mean, unless Altos you're... tequila is one of the only handful of tequilas produced using the 500-year-old Tahona method which is using volcanic uh, millstone used to crush the cooked piñas to draw out the sweet, rich juice from the agave. If you haven't seen a video of them, you know, actually making tequila, you got to watch it. Go to YouTube now and just uh, these, 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 they're called piñas because they kind of look like pineapples, mm-hmm. but they're just ginormous. And these things are like probably 40 pounds each. And, and this is like the, the heart of the agave cactus, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, the exactly. thing in the middle that, okay. And they use these long, almost spades to to shear the sides off, and and it's just awesome to watch. Um, better somebody else than me, but I'm 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 lazy. So, <laughs> but uh, the 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 this one this one was. But you awesome. work hard slinging the spirits, baby. Yeah. Do you want that one? Uh, I'll give it another day in court. Do you want me to push it towards? Yeah. You? Push it. Towards push it. So uh, <sighs> the Altos is a square bottle, somewhat tall. Um, it looks yeah, almost it's got a, a, wooden, a wooden screw top. Yeah, um, it's pretty pretty solid top. It's a, the cork doesn't fall out. The uh, the <laughs> the Espelon has a, a a fake cork fixed to a wood stopper so that it doesn't. Uh, you know, I hate those bottles. Doesn't crumble. Those drive me crazy. Why? Uh, because they crumble. Oh no no. Well the 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 one that I'm drinking now is the last of the Black Barrel, and that has uh, yes. a real cork cork and that uh and that did, did crumble that did fall apart so okay cheers so the altos, altos has great a much more agave uh kind of uh uh a smell to it. it you can absolutely tell it's a tequila um, i think the thing about this is this is also picked at altitude oh my god that's so good i think these uh uh these pinas are at altitude is my understanding but mm. youtube has answers to everything so go ahead check it out uh, front of it is just a very sweet uh, uh, tequila finish, and as it washes over the middle of the tongue, it also tastes like tequila. It's uh, moderately smoky, uh, so you get that kind of almost, it's not quite a scotchy, but it's definitely a, well, it's a smoky feel, um, so you can feel it filling the taste buds uh, like you're eating uh, some barbecue in your in your backyard uh so that kind of overpowering smoke but that very quickly fades away and uh warms up the back of your tongue and into the throat with a very smooth uh a smooth sweet caramely finish so i'm a big fan of this particular tequila tim hamilton thanks for bringing it sure okay so what happened with s2 timbers 2 <sighs> whole lot of nothing uh, we didn't have a whole lot of chances on goal. I, I, I We I, didn't. I'm a bad fan. Um, I was trying to follow along on ESPN uh, Plus. I gave my tickets away, 
and uh, um, <laughs> and then we'll talk about that later. To nobody in particular. Uh, so we <laughs> we uh, talk about the match. Do you have, do you have a lineup then, there, buddy? So Cali Brown. Oh Rod- yeah, Rodrigo L. Somebody tried to tell me the entire game that that was Brian Meredith. I'm like, wow, oh. that's a great beard, Brian. No, no, yeah. one's skinny and the other one is Lurch. Yep. Callie Brown, I love your boo, but you're damn huge. He's you a big can't, fella. You can't confuse. One guy has to, you know, has to shrink down to get <laughs> to get the ball out of the net. The other one doesn't. Okay. So, Callie Brown, Rodrigo L, uh, Denso Ulysses, Ibrahim Usman, Blake Malone, Francis, uh, Francisco Narbonne, Ray Sari, uh, Shandon Hopiao. Nicholas Hines, uh, Marion Marlon Var- Vargas. Marlon Vargas, yeah. thank you. Tequila is a hell of a drug. <laughs> Felix Chinkum. Um, so, yeah, hey, Shannon, uh, Shandon Hopiao, I apologize for calling you Hopo on the last uh, <laughs> podcast. I'm an asshole. Please forgive me. Would love to have you on the show sometime to uh, talk about it, but we'll uh, reach out to the club and see if we can make that happen. Yeah, we'll bring some Red Bull and some Bark Fruit beer for you. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Henry Weinhardt's rib mm. beer. Stop it. Malone has been absolutely dominant today, winning every aerial duel and breaking up dangerous plays inside the box. Basically, this podcast is going to become us reading the Sounders, uh, Seattle Sounders two feed. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there you go. Uh, the starting 11 for Timbers 2 are uh, back to front, it looks like. We've got Alex Mangles, Jimmy Mulligan, Bill Twiloma. Uh, Modu Jadama, Captain uh, Lamar Batista. Batista was <laughs> we heckled the shit out of Batista. Uh, Eric Williamson, uh, Renzo Zambrano, Victor Arboleda, uh, Marvin Loria, uh, Jack Barmby, and Foster Langsdorf. Um, so I think Alex sounds like IKEA Mangles was the goalkeeper. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. Okay. Great. <clears throat> We were on a wing and a prayer. They we were, they were pounding us quite a bit, mm-hmm. and we were holding up the fort just like in Portland a couple mm-hmm. days later. And uh, they scored last minute just like Portland did in Portland. So uh, Portland owns us this weekend. Thanks a lot. Right on. But what can we take from this match? Uh, what can we take from this match? Well, uh, our boy Phyllis Chinkum, he's got it. And then, he does uh, have it. And then who is the other gentleman? Uh, Ray Sari? Ray, oh, Ray Sari, Narbonne, both of them, all of them. Uh, Sari, are, Narbonne, and Narbonne both perform pretty well. And and Nick Hines is pretty quick, too. He's coming around. Okay. Tell me more about Nick Hines. No, he's just fast. You know, sometimes he uh, overruns the ball. So that is uh, kind of a feature of this USL team. Um, USL is a really interesting organization from a diversity perspective as far as the quality of the teams and the age of the teams and what the teams want in a uh, in their membership in USL, right? There are some teams that are simply farm teams for the other teams. There are teams that are farm teams for primary teams that also want to do very well in USL. And I think the Sounders are, are part of that club. And then there are people, there are clubs that just have aging, excited, motivated, talented soccer players that just want to get a cup, just want to compete, want to kick ass, want to get into US Open Cup, want to uh, uh, compete at the USL level, want to, you know, uh, be the Kitsap Pumas of USL. Your Sacramento and kick ass. Your Sacramento Republic, who don't feed anybody. They're just 
talented, dedicated players that have a good fan base that, man, and Sacramento, when they came, their their fans were fantastic. They had a dozen fans. They had a couple dozen fans. And they had a bear that was weird. They had a weird bear in the stadium. Did not see that. Yeah. They had a the weird bear had a weird sign. I don't remember what the I didn't have the my shirt off. Of Sounders are terrible or something like that. It was very interesting. Hmm. So at any rate, um, so let's just cut to the meat. Uh, Portland scolded very early uh, in the eleventh minute, but it was called back for offsides. Um, Ray Sari, of course, was uh, kicking ass in the midfield. Felix Jenkum was an attacking. Uh, dominator and uh, created uh, some pretty or had some pretty good looks uh, throughout the match. Nick Hines, like you said, um, uh, S2 Academy or Sounders Academy and is actually pretty solid on the left side. Like you said, he's super quick. And if he can uh, deliver into uh if he can deliver into the box he, he appears to be a little wild with some of his uh some of his crosses but if he can deliver into the box he can make uh a felix jenkum run uh connect into something absolutely beautiful that didn't happen in this match unfortunately we did lose one nil <clears throat> it was the 92nd minute uh, uh williamson scored uh in a close range finish it was just kind of a messy ball in front of the box and so Overall, I want to say that the that the S2 team is starting to flesh out and starting to feel their um, feel a consistency in their formation. We're seeing uh, consistent performances by folks like Sam Rogers, who wasn't in this match because he was in the U20s. Uh, folks like uh, Ray Sari, who when he's not out on disciplinary issues is doing really good work in the midfield. Folks like Nick Hines, who are uh, doing very good stuff on the left and uh, starting to get a little bit of consistency in their delivery in uh, Felix Jenkum, who has been running defenses roughshod uh, all all season, even if they're not finishing. He has definitely been a factor in all of these all of these contests. Uh, uh, again, we're really excited to see uh, folks like Jordy Delem, uh, who has done a lot of work uh, for S2, getting those uh, mothership minutes. Nuhu. Um, and, you know, I, yeah, I, Nuhu has been absolutely fantastic. And I can't believe just how he has developed. I just cannot. And I think we're – I'm saying Chinkum and probably Sari and, and Arbonne are the next to – to come up because until until we really need a center back you know we're not going to pull we're not going to pull the kids up not yet um i know and sam rogers he's a he's an attacking player isn't he i don't see him yeah i don't see him coming no, in anytime soon and maybe sam getting, rogers is like a tank maybe i'm getting him wrong no uh, uh well then one of them's in national team duty right now yeah and that's sam rogers u20s okay. all right well but, I, hold on i stand corrected Ew. No, Sam Rogers in the back line. David Olson is the uh, is the attacking player. That makes more sense. So my bad. So it's really cool. So we haven't been. I think Tim mentioned earlier we're not. We we haven't historically been amazing S two fans, but now that we have this USL uh, the franchise down in Tacoma, we're going to all the games. Like all the games that we can go to, uh, we're there. We've got the bougie seats um, that are just a couple bucks more uh, per seat per game that come with all the booze you can drink, which is pretty great. 
so um, when we're there, we're having a really good time and we're paying attention to what's going on in the stands. And generally, uh, I think S, I think S2 uh, and the Rainiers organization, which, by the way, is a fabulous organization in Tacoma. You have no idea the philanthropic phil- the philanthropic work. Easy that, for you to say. Easy for me to say. Was to kill. So the Rainiers organization does amazing philanthropic work in Tacoma and never, ever, ever publicizes it. No, seriously, they're a great organization. Um, so we had a, a little bit of an incident, though, uh, this time around, uh, where the normal uh, in 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 stadium experience was interrupted uh, by uh, the capo, uh, one or two capos for uh, uh, the Emerald City supporters group, two five three Defiance, being escorted out of the stadium. Allegedly, and we don't know a whole lot about this situation uh, other than what people have said. And I've had a, a conversation with some folks over at S2 that I won't say their names. Uh, but we think the impetus was the fuck off Rose City chant. Um, and it appeared that there were accommodations made by the supporter group uh, with props to support this accommodation uh, where they would hold up a fork and say, fork off Rose City, right? And uh, somebody in the stands complained because a few people were not using the modified version. They're using the original version. And as a result, the capo uh, or two of the capos were escorted out. Um, they were escorted out gently. Everybody went willingly. From what I hear, everything was fairly good natured. Everybody understood what was going on for the most part, except for players in the stands and the Twitterati, right? The people on Twitter that were uh, kind of, what the hell is going on? I'll admit, I was probably one of the one of the early reactionaries, and but my reactionary is like, oh, I like that tweet. Mm, yes, mm. I'm an ECS member. Uh, I'm also a a Tacoman and I am a supporter of this team. I think this, the culture that they're trying to bring together and what the organization has done to try to make this a fantastic experience for everybody that shows up, no matter how many people show up is, is amazing. It's fantastic. And, um, I think also that ECS coming down and, and bringing the presence they bring, not just the Tacoma people, but some of the, uh, the Seattle folks that come down and make the trip almost every time, uh, uh, leaders of the group, uh, Emily and Larry guys, you're doing a great job. Uh, Paul, uh, who is the lead capo for two, five, three defiance and also does serious work in Seattle on the left-hand side in section one twenty three, uh, leading that side, uh, with the chance he, he just puts in the work and he is a true believer. We're going to bring this guy on the show. Uh, sometimes he's promised us a couple times he can come on, but he's got family and it's kind of hard to get people on. But Paul is a fantastic human being. He's a really smart soccer dude, and he's not going to do anything that is not consistent with supporting the club. I think that's really important. That's a, a, a something that leadership has put out, that it's it's really important that this is happening. Um, 
We don't know exactly what happened. We're not going to know exactly what happened until ECS leadership and uh, S2 front office sit down and talk about what's going to happen. Thing two, both of those, those organizations want this club to succeed no matter what form it takes, no matter what name it takes, because it's part of the ecosystem. And they're going to do everything they can to come to a resolution that that makes it work. I know that club leadership wants this to happen. I'm quite sure ECS leadership wants to make this happen. So I don't think this is such of a much uh, outside of Twitter. Yeah, we just have to make sure that we, you know, temper our Twitter fingers and just just chill the fuck out. In the moment, people are going to, and that's the nature of of Twitter or any social media overreact yeah. is you're going to overreact in the moment. And that's okay because that's kind of what you do. That's the, the, that's a, a symptom of that medium. Um, but I think equally telling is nobody talked about it today. Nobody talked about it yesterday. They only ever talked about it in the first couple hours after the match on Saturday. Um, everybody got right back to supporting the Sounders for, uh, for the, the Portland match. Yes. Right. And that's the most important thing. Uh, so thank you for supporting. Thank you for listening to the show. Uh, thank you for sticking through uh, with this team through thick and thin, uh, because that's what we're going to do. Thanks for listening to this podcast through t- uh, Steve's, you know, seven minutes. <laughs> I will. I will trim that. for nah, content. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. I will trim that for content. Something's going to help me fall asleep nice. tonight. The tequila is going to help you fall asleep <laughs> yeah. tonight, baby. Um, so uh, do, you want to, do you want to take a quick break and then get to listen to questions? Um, well, let's uh, just talk about the next fixtures that are coming up for <clears throat> S2. Our next matches coming up are Saturday, May 19th, away, Reno. And then we have Fresno away on June 2nd. Our next home match is Sunday, uh, June 10th at 1.30 p.m. against the Oklahoma City Energy. Uh, so look forward to seeing everybody in the stands on that wonderful day. And, uh, that's almost a month away. So that should be plenty of time for people to kind of, uh, figure out what, uh, this supporting, uh, what this support looks like for this club in this family friendly environment going forward. So thank you so much, uh, for your patience. And with that, we're going to go ahead and, uh, go into listener questions. Anybody, anybody, give us a good question. I think we've got a good one here, though. Um, from bum, 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 pulling them up, uh, Captain Chromie says, "What happened? They scheduled the match for Mother's Day without asking my wife for some reason, and she made me do things she wanted all day. We suck again." <laughs> all right. Uh, also, Dave Clark actually. Um, uh, our friend, uh, uh, Mark SFS, SFC fan of the year, 2013, uh, Mark L Tigre wants to know why we're not at the Berliner celebrating Dave Clark's, uh, celebration of life. I that sounds, he makes it sound like a funeral. Actually. It's like celebration of Dave Clark's life. Maybe he's life. turning, uh, some significant, maybe he's 50. I, I don't know. He's a very handsome fella. Um, but anyway, sorry we couldn't make your thing, Dave. I'm uh, all gimped out with this leg, and therefore I can't really drive, and I'm not going to ask Tim to drive me home from Renton. Happy birthday, Dave. Happy birthday, Dave. Happy Big 5-0. He's not fitty. No, he's not. He might be, but no, he's, he's probably not. He's not. You're so handsome. He's probably 45. All right, Dave. Listener questions, actual listener questions this time. Uh, Beautifully Ugly asks... 
what are your thoughts on the strength and conditioning aspect of the coaching? There's more injuries this year than I've seen previously, and it can't all just be blind bad luck or catching up with the team. So well, go ahead. I mean, okay. replacement physio, right? Uh, maybe, maybe. I mean, Jordan Jordan Morris's injury. Uh, I we talked about that. It could be the turf. It could also be the fact that he he should have used his left instead of his right. But it is what it is. Um, this team is taxed. This team is is super taxed, and they they played, you know, uh, 2000, 2016 off to a really slow start, and then we had no room for air and just hammer down, panic, 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 run, 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 B button, B button. You know, if if this is <laughs> if this is a video game, like you are using turbo to the max, and uh, and so then we get into December. And we win the uh, we win the MLS Cup, and then you have like a two week turnaround between that and the the Camp Cupcake U.S. Men's National Team uh, in early early 2017. Luckily, uh-huh. we didn't have Concacaf uh, Champions League, but then you know we go a lot of players go from the U.S. Camp right back in you know right to preseason, and the guys just don't get to to decompress. They don't get to rest. They don't get yeah. to. You know, take take you know half. I mean, shoot, half of these teams get two or three months off. We get maybe, you know, <laughs> two or three weeks off. Yeah. So and then we're right into the run. And then up. you and then exactly then we come out with a slow start in seventeen, and then we come out all guns a blazing to the end of two thousand seventeen. Go mm-hmm. to the MLS Cup, and then we lose. And then, ugh, lead you know, into Concacaf. Start back right into Concacaf, yep. and and you're playing meaningful games against teams that are you know playing uh you know been playing for a month or so, and and you're just hitting the ground running. So I mean that's that's my explanation. It's just we are spent. My perfect scenario is win the U.S. Open Cup, losing the first round of the playoffs, and then you have your two months off. Okay. <laughs> so well, I mean. If we're not going to win the, if we're not going to win, let's get the hell out. And of that here. feeds into what what I was talking about earlier, right? There's a plan for this team, and I don't think this year's plan is to go for the cup. It's not. There's no way this year's plan is to go for the cup. I think this plan is is very similar to what you said. We're gonna we're gonna develop as many young players as possible, which is exactly what Garth Lagerway has said he's been doing this entire time. Uh, we're going to get as many people into as many uncomfortable situations as we can so they can develop in multiple positions. Like, Jurgen you know, like, like as many people in uncomfortable positions as possible so they can develop like, yes, I know. That's a very, very lovely gesture. It's very uncomfortable Like Christian position. Roldan has, right? And, and people will succeed or they'll faro. And... And but I mean that's what it comes down to, right? Alfaro was in the eighteen simply because we didn't have any other players to name really into the eighteen, and he didn't get that time in the Portland match because he couldn't be trusted in that position. And we had other maybe not ideal options, but we had other options, right? Yeah. I agree with you that he's on his way out. Um, but this is part of the plan. We're building a team. We're going to get a signing in July, and we're going to hope that the eight action figures that we get in July are not uh, uh, are going to fill a hole that we already have in the midfield that is going to be shored up by all of these young, talented 
players that are getting minutes in strange positions and becoming as flexible as possible because of this very hard experience that they've had. They're going to get this key player that's going to help to deliver balls through the midfield. Uh, We'll get another maybe. uh, Do you think that's going to be a midfield player? Do you think that's going to be attacking player? Or do you think that's going to be attacking midfield? What are our. The eight-figure July has to be a forward. Has to be a forward. Has to be a forward. I don't know. I mean, it's got to be a two or three-year deal because Dempsey's not a forward. He's a midfielder. I don't even. I I wouldn't. I wouldn't resign Dempsey. I know they signed him. Mm -hmm. I hope he's on a year-by-year, you know, like a lease. You know, just (laughs) month to month kind of a a deal. (laughs) He needs a strike partner. And we need somebody that is yep. fast enough to to occupy defenders yep. and make them pee their pants. And we don't have that right now. Nobody yep. scares anybody. And Bruin is fantastic, but he's not a permanent forward option. He's a backup well, option. He, he he's needs, in a rotational system. He needs help, too. I yep. mean, we just need more than one person yep. to occupy. And, Absolutely. Uh, whatever. He can't play um, 90 minutes every game. He can't play 70 minutes every game. So... Uh, so we need an attack. Yeah, we need attack. And, and like yeah. I said, my scenario is we we dig such a huge hole, and then we uh, we come we come out and we sign uh, uh, an eight figure whoever, and then we we just go berserk and just start making yep. all kinds. We're scoring all kinds of goals. It's fun to watch. Everybody's having a good time, and then we just fall short very yep. end of the season. Yep, it's yep. just just not enough time. We ran out of time to to make this. Yeah, come back like we did the two years ago. All right, but and uh, anyway. oh, and then somebody else had a comment. Uh, yeah, uh, Drew Boy two five three. I think that's your friend, isn't it? Yeah, that's the one I gave my tickets to. Yeah, he showed up for like fifteen minutes and left. What? Sad. Maybe he was in the beer garden. Sad. He may have been. He may have wandered the the stadium. I didn't keep my eye on him. I just got your tickets off of him. No, oh, there you go. Yeah, and then I didn't give him away to a fan. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh no, they're right in front of me. Yep, there's some right. rat in well, front of you. Drew said he had a good time. He said thanks. Good. I'm really oh. glad. Um, so, and I think, as far as questions go, uh, other than Captain Chromie, and other than Beautifully Ugly, thank you for your question. Um, did Nate have one? Nate from Tacoma? Nate from Tacoma. I don't believe he did, but I'll double check in the DMs. Yeah. And Nate from Tacoma says, when do we see Felix Jenkum on the main roster? Isn't that a great question? Yeah, we were kind of talking about that earlier in the show. Is, is, you know. I think we see it in June. I, I think we see him getting some minutes in June, uh, subbing in for Will Bruin uh, during or World for Cup. Clint Dempsey. Turn World Cup season. Yep, 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 yep. So, all right. So we uh, now is he is he on the uh, he's on the on the first team roster. So we don't have to sign him to a, a two week or a month long. I believe that is yeah. true. Okay. Uh, also, uh, Nate wants to know: Is Svensson more valuable for his play at defensive midfielder or for versatility? And what T? Oh, what the fuck do we do when when he goes to Russia? <laughs> well, I mean. Because we've had we've had so much flexibility, we we've seen Alex, Alex play yep. the six and the eight with, yep, with yep, Ozzy, yep. so that's fine. Do we have center back depth? Well, that's probably why we're holding on to Alfaro. Yep, uh, he's he is well. Svensson is gone. Marshall will still be there. Torres will be at the World Cup. Panama, and Panama. there's a good chance that Kihi will also be called up for uh, South Korea. Yep. Um, but so we know we have a center back at Dellum. We know yep. we have a center back at, at Afaro and Marshall. So we have three. Yeah. I doubt we're going to be able to run that five, four, one, but maybe we no. are. 
I mean, who knows? So and, I think the answer to Nate's question is we value him for his work at defensive mid. Yeah. And uh, we also, as a an added bonus, appreciate his versatility where he can fill in those utility roles. Yes. In the interest of moving things along. Yes. All right. Is there anything else for the good of the order, my friend? Did Kevin Zamira have a question? Kevin Zamira did not have a question, at least not on the thread. Why don't you scroll? Yeah, uh, there wasn't, there wasn't a question. That was a, that was a comment. Hi, Kevin. No, he had spoken earlier about uh, kind of some of the analysis we'd been doing, which happened concurrently with the Davies analysis. Yeah. Um, so we're kind of just kind of everybody's just kind of patting themselves on the back for this brilliant analysis, of this very obvious situation, which is that Clint Dempsey's not getting what he needs from this team and this team's not getting what they need from Clint Dempsey. I mean... Let's be honest. That's where we're at. And with that, on that positive note, uh, I'm going to wave to the ghost of Clint Dempsey. Hi, De- hi, Clint. Uh, we're going to thank the saving hands of Stefan Fry. Uh, I still think he's the greatest goalkeeper in the league. Um, sure, sure. And uh, he's he's. I think he's second place in 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 lifetime record for shutouts. And first place in MLS, of course, goes to. Uh, legend Nick Ramondo. Yeah. So, um, Stefan Fry, God bless you. Thank you. We're really glad you're part of this team. The next time you get a shutout, we're going to put your prayer on and, uh, hopefully that happens. At any rate, you have been listening to the Flounders B team podcast. We are a channel two, five, three production. You can listen to other great podcasts such as the taco man podcast. There's a new taco man coming out. Uh, we're going to record it this Wednesday and, uh, the secret identity of taco man will not be revealed on this show. However, uh, it's cat. It <laughs> also, we would like to congratulate cat Peterson on making the playoffs for, uh, Lincoln high school, uh, as part of the, uh, both the JV team and the senior team. Um, fantastic work, ma'am. Uh, you and Brian Lawson and the rest of the Lincoln high school athletic staff are just absolutely brilliant. We love you, cat Kevin Zamira. Love you. Can't wait to have you back on the show again soon. Nate from Tacoma, thank you for your contributions. Uh, Tim Hamilton, thank you for your steadfast uh, commitment to always producing a quality show here. Uh, Thank you to all our listeners. Uh, Channel 253 Productions features other such podcasts, such as the Nerd Farmer Podcast. Great, 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 great show uh, with the Rainiers organization that you should definitely listen to, uh, that just dropped last week. So, or just Google nerd farmer and you will find it. Uh, also follow at Nate underscore bowling on Twitter. Uh, you can follow me at Podfish, And of course, Tim Hamilton can be followed at muffin top model. Just get behind uh, me. Look for channel two, five, three. And thank you so much for listening. It is as always a pleasure to serve you. This is Channel 253. You forked tongue, you sinner, you, you serpent.